Welcome to our podcast, the first episode of the Jay and Brian podcast. It's not the official name yet. We don't know exactly what we're going to call it. We don't know exactly what we're doing here. I'm kind of calling this episode 0.1, I think. Was everything we're still test we're still testing out different softwares trying to decide what we're actually going to be using, but yeah, we just decided we wanted to we have some pretty interesting, pretty funny conversations in our opinion at least, keeping up with each other when we call each other, not living together all the time anymore, and we decided, hey, maybe these will be at least fun for us to look back on. Let's record them and maybe at some point some other people will find them interesting too. I'm entirely in it for the money and fame. Okay. Well, it might be a while, so. Okay. How are we doing this? Are we just updating each other on our lives? Is this just our phone call? Um, well, we could do that. See, we did, so we've discussed very, very minimally what we want the content of this podcast to be. Yeah. So I know before you said, like, have, bring in topics to the table. Yeah. So I, I have, like, a topic or two. Ooh. Um, I feel like you're pretty up to date on my life right now already anyway, but I could go more in depth okay. on, um, on things that have happened recently just for the sake of the listeners mm-hmm. knowing what's going on, but okay. yeah, I don't know if you have anything you want to talk about. Well, I jotted down a few notes in my last... <laughs> you got show notes? Yeah, I have some show notes. Um, no, so, Okay. So, you know what I've been doing lately. I've been mm-hmm. living with your lady for the past yeah. three weeks. And I feel like I filled you in on most of the stuff, but I thought of a couple of things that I hadn't. And I don't... I heard you're leaving. Yeah. It's going so horribly that you're leaving. No, yeah. It's kind of the worst, so I'm bailing early. Um, <laughs> no. It's actually really fun. And actually... I don't know if we've just like flat out, or if I've flat out said this to you, but Sydney is a delight to live with. Oh, I know, right? Like, I never thought. Okay, like I personally don't like love doing dishes, but I have adopted a strategy, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm definitely like trying to improve my dishwashing capabilities. But <clears throat> the the virtues of a divided dish cooking regime, I love it. It seems a lot more productive than when we were little, right? Yeah, I don't recall how dishes worked when we were little. I think... We didn't do them. No. We did nothing. We were the worst kids. I don't understand how that ever happened. Did we even move dishes? Like, we were actually, like, good kids, though. Like, I don't know. We behaved. We... I feel like we pulled our weight sometimes, but for some reason, around, like, dinner, as far as cooking and cleaning, setting up for eating and, like, the demobilization of dinner... Yeah. We... Like, that just felt so strenuous to me as a kid. Well, I just recall, I remember helping to set the table. I remember moving the dishes closer to the sink at the end of the meal. But I never interacted with the sink unless it was drinking straight from it or washing my hands. Yeah. I remember playing video games straight up to the point that the food was on the table ready to eat, going and eating as much food as a little kid could, and then excusing myself and immediately going back and playing more video games. Yeah. It's also been a while since I asked to be excused. <clears throat> Do you remember that? Yeah, that's true. It was like a, it was like a ritual. Like, we'd be like, may I be excused? Be like, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got the I, I honestly think we were pretty lucky to be in a house that had that kind of, like, atmosphere around dinner, though. Because I think that's very healthy to have. I think so, family. too. 
it's like a lot of people these days i feel like just i don't know mm-hmm. like there's no expectation to stay at the table but anyways um that's great and i didn't really think about that although we did have yeah so we did have the first instance because like sometimes i'll help out with cooking but like the understanding is like oh she does the cooking and i do the dishes which um is like fine but then there was one time because i'll leave sometimes i'm bored and i'll help out with cooking but then there was one time where she said do you want to help cook and i know she was just offering like in case i wanted to and was refraining i think but then um there was i was just like man i actually like don't want to help like i'm feeling lazy <laughs> yeah and a I, lot of times i'll <laughs> offer to help sydney with stuff just hoping she says no yeah but no i felt uh i had some hesitation at mm-hmm. um actually saying like no i'm, I'm all right <laughs> but i i didn't help i'm glad to report um yeah it's funny because i feel like at some point i told sydney that you were like a good cook at least you're a better cook than i am and you have like some recipes and some flair i feel like you yeah. like to put on things and she was like excited to cook with you okay yeah no i'm definitely more <laughs> willing to help um mostly it's like all my cooking is motivated by wanting to eat it so i don't know if that's how all cooks operate but i'm not very like high culinary fashion motivated you know yeah i don't know but anyways um my dynamic with sydney is wonderful i think it's it's actually really fun like i've actually gotten to know her better and i, think I know i'm glad we got this very i'm glad we were presented with this very strange situation yeah because I feel like a lot of times, like, siblings don't really get to know the S.O.s. Yeah. But this was, like, tailor-made. Well, honestly, a lot of siblings probably would not have thrust themselves into this situation. Probably Like, not. when I, when I left, the average brother probably also would have left. But, I mean, just send it. Yeah. No, and there was definitely, like, an adjustment <laughs> period. But, I mean, there was a moment the other day where I was just like... I we've stabilized like I'm just a, like Sydney and I have a dynamic and I thought it was cool <laughs> but um we are coexisting yeah no it was interesting um but what I haven't informed you of is the specific dynamic dynamic I've developed with the cat yeah yeah because me and the cat are alone together probably like in terms of waking hours probably more than I'm with Sydney yeah, I got to that point, too. Yeah, and I don't know about you, I never made progress with the cat liking me. No, I still haven't, either. Yeah, so the other day, it sniffed me, and I was, like, paralyzed with fear. Um, there was one day, I was sitting in the recliner, I don't know what I was doing, I don't think I was doing anything, and um, Noel, the cat, um, jumped up onto the arm of the recliner... Like, she was, like, coming up to snuggle with me or something, and I was, like, <gasps> and I just, like, froze, and then she looked at me and, like, maybe realized I wasn't Sydney or something. Like, I don't know what, yeah. but she looked at me and then just immediately jumped back down. I was, like, okay, <laughs> screw you, too. She's done that. She jumps very near me to, like, if there's, like, something that smells good on the end table. Mm-hmm. But she does not care at all. Um, yeah. Dude, open a can of tuna. She is all up in your business. I believe it. Um, but I sort of had some realizations as to how I feel about the cat and how I feel about cats at large. 
um, yeah. and spending so much time with this cat because the cat doesn't just hate you and I, it hates everybody except for I Sydney. Know. Yeah. Um, so basically I sort of realized why I have particular animosity towards the cat because for a while I just ignored it and mm. then I didn't really care and then it seemed like I was making headway at one point, it like let me pet her, she let me pet her like head to tail once. And then, okay. like, I went in for the second pet, and I got clawed. And I was just like, okay. for some reason, I felt such deep betray- betrayal at that time. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why in the moment, but what I've come to believe, the dynamic that I've detected is, it's like Drake and Josh and Megan. Oh, yeah, I think I heard you talking about this. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I think it's just the fact that I know that... The cat, like, I know Noelle hates me. She's evil. Yeah. At her core. And I know... She's an evil being. Yeah. So I know that Noelle is evil and hates me, but then I also know that Noelle has the capacity to love and does love Sydney. Yes. And then... And it's like when Sydney's around, she behaves. Yeah. And when, like... And Sydney loves Noelle, too. Like, there's no Uh bad feelings, so, like... It's the it's the combination of knowing that the cat can be very nice and cuddly, and then also knowing that it hates me. Yeah. You know? So like you're Drake and Josh. Yeah. Sydney is the parents. Yeah, and the parents and just like, oh hello Noel, like always adoring this cat, and I'm just like, the cat's mm-hmm. evil. Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. That's what upsets me about the cat. Um that but then that sort of opened me up to like, okay, why don't I like cats as much? Because Honestly, Noelle has soured me to cats more. Um, yeah. Like, I generally was pretty neutral towards cats, but I think this has made me dislike cats more. Like, not in, like, a I hate cats, but just I think that, I don't know, they're not... Like, in terms of what you want out of a pet, I feel like they don't check those boxes as well, you know? <laughs> I mean, Noelle checks those boxes for Sydney. Yeah. No, okay, so here's the thing. What I feel is that... Um, Essentially, I forget what I was going to say. Um, oh, so the reason that I can see that... Um, oh, there's a stray dog outside the window. That's interesting. You should go wrangle it. Yeah. Um, anyways, the... What was I going to say? Oh, the reason that I can tell, like, um, Sydney is a cat person <laughs> because... Because she's only ever had positive experiences with cats. She, she said, I've only had black cats, and I've always had, like, my cat. So, like, the cat, like, latches onto her and loves her, like, un... Conditionally? Conditionally. Unconditionally. <laughs> so, of course, you would, like, love cats because you've never had a negative experience with cats. But then, coming from my perspective, and I feel like most the perspective of most people who haven't, like, specifically owned a cat... Is like, yeah, so I see cats and sometimes they don't hate me and a lot of the times they do hate me or don't care about me at all. Whereas, like, if you don't own a dog, a dog is, like, still almost always going to be, like, super nice and playful. Yeah. You know? Uh Uh-huh. So, I don't know. And then, just, like, kittens are always super nice and cuddly, but then they're just like, oh, yeah, but maybe it'll be a jerk later. And it's like, well, I hope that doesn't happen. I think if you have it from the time that you're, it's a kitten, then it will like you, regardless. Mm. I don't think a cat will go from liking you to not liking you. I think it will. Because I've heard pe- some people, families will have a kitten 
that then it's a cat and there's like yeah we just kind of like stay separate from the cat like it does its thing we do our thing that's so dumb yeah no it is just because then here's why i hate it is because (laughs) at that point the cat is only alive because of you Mm mm-hmm like, whatever, the, regardless of what the cat thinks, you're still feeding it, you're still giving it water, you're letting it live in your house, but it just, like, I feel like it just thinks that it's, like, it owns the house. No, yeah. It's I'm, like, this is my house, and all these people, all these annoying people are here. Have you ever, that's also something And that, that just me. makes me want to backhand the cat. Yeah. I'm just like, this, you don't know your place, man. I could squash you. Have you ever seen that, I don't know if it's a quote or, like, a meme or something, but it said, like, like, dog. Man, this person gives me food, water, and shelter. They must be like a god or something. And then, cat. Man, this person gives me food, shelter, and water. I must be like a god or something. Yeah, I've it's seen like, that. Cats just, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I want I've also to- heard, though, like, cats' personalities are very correlated with their color. Yeah? Yeah. Or, like, whatever, there's, like, tabby cats, or yeah. there's, like, I don't know, calico cats. Like, every orange cat I've met has been so cool. Yeah. I've also heard that, um, there's this disease, I forget the name of the disease, but, like, is it, it it's, like, there's some form of... It's, like, oxyplasmosis or something. Yeah, did you listen to the same podcast that I did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... It's not, it's definitely not oxyplasmosis, but it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, we'll call it oxyplasmosis, but, like... There's a chance, I forget, is it that all cats get it? Or, like, a lot of cats get it, and then a decent amount of humans get it? Yeah. But, like, in humans, it can, like, it just makes you sick. It can be serious sometimes, usually isn't. But then in cats, like, it can straight up change their personality. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, guys, I don't want to, like, roll the dice on if my cat's gonna be a jerk. Yeah. I don't know. But that's that's one of the things... Yeah, I've gone back and forth on the uh, how much I like cats spectrum. Yeah, because then the only argument that I will accept for cats is that they are, like, very low maintenance. And that mm. makes sense. But, I don't know. I also feel like how much you like a pet can be somewhat attached to, like, how much it depends on you. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you just want something to nurture. Who knows? Do you want to hear about how my name was slandered at work yesterday? Sure. Okay, so picture this. So I'm working around, I'm working on the refuel floor of the nuclear reactor, right? Mm-hmm. So up there, there's like all these big pools of water. Like there's a big pool with the spent fuel, a pool that obviously goes down to the reactor. And they really don't want to drop anything in these pools of water because that could cause Big problems. So, they have a whole staff of people whose job is to make sure nothing falls in the water. Are they just like, do they sit in a lifeguard chair? No, I wish. I that's what I was thinking. We're working around this open water all the time. There should be a lifeguard on duty. Like there should be someone up there in red swim trunks twirling a whistle around their fingers, just watching everything that's going on. And they're like being like they're (laughs) fourteen. Yeah. And then, well, I guess nobody really runs on the refuel floor ever. Yeah. I don't think anyone breaks the stereotypical, like, pool rules. Have you heard of anybody um, drowning or, like, falling in? I've heard of people falling in. I heard one story of someone falling in, and the people telling it said they heard a splash, and by the time they turned to look, the person was already out. Like, it was that fast. Oh, man. Because, like, if you fall in, it's a huge deal. Like Really? Yeah. Because you can get, like, super contaminated. 
I don't know. And then basically just the power plant like doesn't trust you at all anymore because it's like, yeah. come on, man. Is it the shallow water or the deep dock water that's got all the um, radiation? <laughs> um, you have to, none of the water itself has radiation, so to speak, but you'd have to swim pretty far down before you're getting anything lethal. Okay. Anyways, you're But saying. it's... It's more of a contamination thing. Anyways, there are people... So they have all these rules and procedures um, of, like, different, like, special tools you're supposed to use. Like, you're, if you're using a tool, it has to have, like, a lanyard and be attached to your wrist. And, like, all these special circumstances. Like, tons of rules. And basically, they have a whole staff um, committed to just enforcing these rules while you're up there. Making sure no one's breaking these rules. Mm-hmm. They're called the Foreign Material Exclusion Staff. FME. <laughs> they have FME monitors. Okay. So, one of the rules, so all around the pool, there's, like, this red piece of tape on the ground about, like, three feet back, and it's called the FME buffer zone. So then there's a bunch of rules specifically for the buffer zone. And one of the rules is you're not allowed to have your hard hat on when you're in the buffer zone, because your hard hat could fall off into the pool. So... Um, the way the floor is set up right now, because there's a lot going on, there are some places on the floor where, like, you have to walk through the buffer zone for, like, I don't know, two, three, four steps, just to kind of, like, get to where you're going. So, the FME monitor that works on my shift is, like, pretty chill, so he gets it. Uh, So, anytime we walk through the buffer zone and we're just walking through, we just, like, put our hand on our head. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I got control of my hard hat, I'm just walking through here, no big deal. Um, But the other day, I went up, and I got up to the floor a little early for my jump, Mm -hmm. so um, the FME monitor from the shift before was still there, and it's this girl, and she's like the most hard-ass FME monitor (laughs) that you can get. She actually does have a whistle. (laughs) So anyways, I was just doing my thing, walking around, and I go to put my hand on my hard hat as I'm walking through the buffer zone, and then she goes, Brian! And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I turn around and she's like, hard hat! And I was she's like, in oh. full sprint towards you. <laughs> <laughs> Tackles me into the water. <laughs> no, so I'm like, oh, sorry. So I took off my hard hat, walked through the buffer zone, put it back on, could finish whatever I was doing, walked back, took it off, through the buffer zone, put it back on, walked over to her. And I was like, hey, sorry about that. And I was about to explain myself. And then she just immediately launched into telling me the rules. She's like, you have to take your hard hat off in the buffer zone. If you don't take it off, you can have it attached by a lanyard to your shirt so that if it falls off, it hangs from the shirt. But like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> but <laughs> like, usually um, we can just put our hand on our hard hat. I thought... Um, you only had to take it off. I thought that rule only applied if you were working in the buffer zone for, like, an extended period of time. Like, if you're tying stuff to the rails, if you're, like, looking in the water or, like, observing something. I don't know. Anyways, that's what I said. I thought it only applies if you're working in the buffer zone. And she's like, okay, explain the rules to me again. I'm like, okay, whatever, lady. So, and then, um, eventually, my shift's FME monitor came up. She went down. Whatever. Go on with the jump. So later, I go down from my jump, and I will go to walk into the trailer, and, like, some of the guys on my team, like, are coming out as I'm going in, and they're like, oh, get out of the way, the boss is coming through, and I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> Which, like, I am technically, like, their leader, but, yeah. like, I don't know, I'm kind of just... Not, like, the hire and firing type, just, like, the, hey, this is what everyone's doing. Yeah. 
It's like if you had a team, like I'd be kind of like the team captain. But they still all know so much more than me. Yeah. So I'm like basically always asking them what to do anyway. Anyways, they're like, oh, boss man's going through, look out. And I'm like, what? And then I go in and like sit in my office with the other TD, technical director. And he's like, oh, how's it going, boss man? And I was like, what? He's <laughs> and then I forget what he said, something about workers or something about the rules like not applying to me and I was like what are you talking about and he's like oh that little FME girl came down and she was just ranting about you and I was oh, like what man. <laughs> and he's like yeah she was saying they're like oh that Brian up there he thinks the rules just don't apply to him he said he was in the FME zone with his hard hat and he's he's like oh I thought only workers had to take their hard hats off and oh. I was like I was like, whoa, 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 lady, that is not what I said. Well, <laughs> not lady. I was saying this to the TD that I was in the office with. I was like, that is not what I said. I said, I didn't think that applied. I, th I said, I thought that only applied if you were working in the buffer zone. And she came down and told everyone that I said, I thought that rule only applies to workers. Okay, so did you get your name cleared? Or is everyone just like, so, giving you shit? I mean, I went in, um, so then I went into the room where, like, everybody sits as I was eating my lunch, and there were, like, jokes abound. Oh, Everyone really? like, oh, Ryan's better than us, blah, blah, blah. Were they, and were, then, did they like you as, like, a good humored? Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, because <laughs> when I was talking to the D TD in the office, I was like, well, what did you guys say? Like, obviously, I wouldn't say something like that. And he's like, oh, well, Blake, so there's this guy, Blake. Blake is actually one of the guys that trained me. Yeah. Um, but now I'm, like, in charge of him, kind of. And he was like, oh, well, she said that. And Blake was like, oh, yep, that sounds like Brian. I trained him out in San Jose, and he just always thought he was better than everyone else. And I'm like, God Oh, man. So then I went in and everyone was giving me crap and I was like, okay, just so you know, this is what I actually said. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we know. It's fine. Like, whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> but I was getting slandered. So now that's the running joke is that I am above everyone and the rules don't apply to me. Which is funny because you went on a very, like, one of your key developments from, like, middle school to end of college was, like, going through... Brian's hot shit, rules don't apply to me, and then eventually you, like, shrugged that. You never were, like, yeah. arrogant, but you would kind of be like, you had the, I'm Brian Wilson, remember? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I was pretty arrogant in high school. Yeah. But. Um, it was never, yeah. like, mean -spirited. So then, at, yeah, after I explained it to everybody, then I just kind of leaned into the jokes. Yeah. And then it was kind of fun, but I was just like, this FME lady trying to. No, I'm trying to slander my name. And then, so here's the end of the story, is I went back up for my second jump, and um, so usually I don't see her. Like, usually they've already turned over by the time I get up there. Yeah. So then I kind of had a weird feeling in my stomach, because I was like, man, I kind of want to, like, clear things up with her. Yeah. Because I don't want her to think that I'm just some, like, privileged white boy, I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whatever. So you walked up to her, stared her in the eyes, and just won your helmet into the tub. <laughs> I thought about it. Go get it. Uh, go get it. <laughs> you want uh, it? Go get it. <laughs> um, but I was like, because then the next day was my day off. So I was like, I'm, 
it's going to be like two days before I see her again and can mm-hmm. talk to her. And like by then it'll just like sound desperate. Like I've been worrying about it for two days. So I don't really want to do that. Yeah. But I, and I just kind of was like, whatever. But then I went back up to the floor and I saw her again. <gasps> she was there again. And usually when I see people unexpectedly, I avoid confrontation. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this instance, I was like, I need to talk to her. So I walked up and I was like, hey, had not thought at all about what I was going to say. <laughs> Long comma. <laughs> so I go up to her and I'm like, hey, I know that like the rules apply to me. Like, I don't think I'm above the rules or anything. And after that, I don't really know what I said. Like, I tried, to, I tried to explain, <laughs> like... What I, I know at no point did I clarify what I had said that morning. Yeah. I just woke up in the break room. <laughs> the next the three hours. Empty is just bottle of mayonnaise next to me. But yeah, so then there was a lot of like stumbling and just like words coming out of my mouth and then her explaining the rules to me again. That I, I know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this works. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I think I have a solution for the helmet thing that I would like to pitch to the entire nuclear community. All right, lay it on me, and I I can pass it on. Do you think they're they're not tuning in yet? You're just going to have to be the relay for this one. Um, I think we'll probably pick them up around, like, episode 20 or 30. Okay. And then hopefully they'll come back and listen to this. So this is probably, like, two, three months from now. But hey, guys, okay. So you're probably not on outage right now, but... (laughs) You know, fall is right around the corner. Or no, spring. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like spring's right around the corner now. Well, guys. Well, we haven't even started winter yet. Guys. <laughs> spring is right around the corner. Your helmets are falling <laughs> off. They're falling into nuclear reactors. Reactors are melting down across the nation as we speak. <laughs> Here's the solution. And the solution is... It's a little counterintuitive. We're going to go back in time and draw on the history of clothing technology. So socks used to be garbage. You know this, right? No. They use, Okay, well, like, elastic, that's, like, new. That's new. And that's the only thing that socks, like, use to stay up. Like, you know, the dad socks that go up your leg. If they don't have elastic, they fall down because, like, that's how fabric works in general. Like, if it's cotton sock, there's only so much stretch it has before it's stretched out and then it'll just fall down like any other garment. You know? Oh, jeez. I've never thought about this. No, yeah. So, like, Elastic's new. How did they keep their socks up? They had cables. They were, like, I don't know if they were, like, a cable cable, but, like, leather straps that would, like, clamp onto your sock and then go up and they attach to your underwear. What? Yeah, so they would go up and attach to the bottom of your underwear so that they wouldn't fall down. That is intriguing. So, seizing upon that technology, tiny leather straps that connect your helmet all the way down to your underwear. <laughs> Why to your underwear? <laughs> well, I mean, theoretically, you could go to your belt or something, but I don't know how much more secure that would be. Because what are the I odds? mean, we, we have lanyards that connect your hat to, like, your jumpsuit. Yeah, what if your jumpsuit falls off? <laughs> how, how? What scenario would you be in that a jumpsuit would fall off? I don't know. All I'm saying is it's going to fall off before your underwear. <laughs> 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 I guess you're right. <laughs> so there's your solution. You're welcome. Checks payable to Jay Wilson Esquire. 
All right. Intellectual property, copyright. Yes. It's all in the works. Um, I, have a, I have a couple months before they get to this podcast to pen the technology. <laughs> all right. The technology of a leather strap. Yeah. Well, no, because it's... I took patent training for Toyota, so I actually know how this works. Okay. Well, I actually don't, because I skimmed the training. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting you talk about people falling into the tank, because that's also a problem in paint booths. Did you know? They fall into the paint? Yeah, so, like, I told you there's, like, the giant baths. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, for all the listeners, um, like... They don't, for some of the processes, there's like a bunch of layers, but for a bunch of the layers, it's not spraying paint. It's like they dip them in a tank of like a certain concentration of whatever they want on the car and they charge the like bath to a, like a positive charge and the frame of the car to a negative charge. So then it like adheres automatically, but they're like really big tanks, like big enough to fit a car. And like, so they have to have like life jackets in the, um, in the paint booth. It's like one of the safety requirements. Which is, uh, do they have life jackets in the nuclear facility? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So they have life jackets. And this one guy was saying, I was basically like an audience member for this um, college class on painting, but like people from Toyota were there, so I was invited. But he was talking about how they have life jackets in case people fall in, so then I like immediately had to ask, has anyone fallen in? Like, have you heard of that? He said, well, no, but one of my managers dove in. wait what yeah no so i forget what the particular issue was it's like something was wrong with a frame or like something was going awry with one of the things that was being dipped or and he just said oh no i gotta get in there (laughs) it can't there couldn't have been like a well maybe because they're not moving that fast yeah so the cars aren't moving that fast i feel like you would have gotten in a lot of trouble so i i can't imagine that there was a car involved but something went awry. Wait, that's a Prius, and we were supposed to switch over to Camrys. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dives <laughs> Swims to the top with the car frame lifted over his head. <laughs> oh, man. Get the Camrys in here. <laughs> we can't have one more red Prius. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Did you know that they don't, like, okay... I didn't know. Wait, why did he dive in? You didn't finish the story. I couldn't tell you. I'll have to email Larry. (laughs) You don't know. (laughs) But a man willingly dove in to like fix something, and he like came out, and it's like it's uh, like a phosphate coating. It's not paint, so like it was Uh like slime, and he was just like he had to stand under like a chemical shower for like a long time. (laughs) And now he's forever pearlescent red. No, yeah, he's well, he's just very resistant to uh, rust, actually. So. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I hear yeah. rust is one of the top five killers in America. No, yeah, it's like just rust. go in a hospital and you see people just rusting away. It's heart disease and then immediately rust afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> rust is number two, but it's coming for it. No, yeah. But one thing that I thought was interesting, I don't know if I ever told you about this, but they don't like paint a bunch of the same colored car at the same time. Or even do the same type of car at the same time. So, like, really? I would imagine they would send, like, a bunch of Camrys that are red through. But, like, it's, like, white Camry, black Avalon, like, blue Camry, like, 
green rav Do they not have to change the whole bath every time? No. So the cartridges, I think a lot of the parts where they actually do, like, base colors, like, actually, like, changeable. But then the baths are just, like, random, like, UV layers and stuff that they... Oh, okay, that makes sense. But, no. I thought that was cool. That is pretty cool. All right, well, we're just over half an hour. I feel like that's kind of a good length. Yeah, and we're really stretching now. Talking yeah, about I mean, the, <laughs> the only other topic I had to talk about was grasshoppers. Huh? What about grasshoppers? They're just nuts, man. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, no relevant they're... stories to grasshoppers. You just had the thought, you're just like, man, what are those guys up to? Well, no, there's, like, a lot of grasshoppers around here. Are they locusts? Like everywhere. No, they're... Well, I don't know. What's the difference? I always hear people say locusts when I think they're grasshoppers. I don't know. They look like grasshoppers to me. They look like the ones that we used to catch at recess. Except maybe a little bigger. But yeah, like the walls of the hotel, when you come in, there's ju- there's just like grasshoppers all over the wall. When I'm driving down the road, grasshoppers everywhere. It's like the road, you just see them like ping, 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 ping flying up, bouncing off your windshield. Oh, man. Even when I'm running, too. Like, they're, like, right in front of me, just jumping all over the place. Yeah. The thing that I've been thinking about them is, like, when a grasshopper hops, mm-hmm. I don't think he, like, the direction he's hopping is of the slightest concern to him. Because, like, if I'm coming at the grasshopper, the grasshopper's instinct should say, like, hop out of the way, do not get stepped on. But, like, I feel like it's an equal amount of time that they jump out of the way that they jump just, like, straight at my leg. Also, if you think about it, they jump, like, how many body lengths away do you think they jump? Oh, so far. Well, because they also kind of have wings, so they can, like, fly around a little bit. Yeah, so, like, imagine that you're sitting there, you're a person, and you're just like, danger's approaching. And then then you're just like, as I often do. Good thing I can jump unfathomably far. And then you just launch, like, 200 yards one direction. You have yeah. no idea what's over there. I think every that's... leap is a leap of faith for a grasshopper. Because, <laughs> like... That's, that's the quote of the episode. Yeah. Because... Well, that kind of uh, relates good to my next point, which was, I don't think grasshoppers... Like, they've evolved to jump really far mm-hmm. and everything, but, like, I don't think at any point in their evolutionary path did they work on the dismount. Because every time you see a grasshopper land, it's just like, it hits the ground and it just like bounces and rolls and tumbles. Like, it's not like it lands smoothly. Yeah. They don't come in for a smooth landing. They just crash land and roll. Oh man, grasshoppers it's need like, to get sorted. It's like Iron Man getting swatted out of the sky every single time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they have the exoskeleton, so I guess they can take the hit, but like, I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you think about it. I don't know. If I jumped 200 yards, I don't know if my quads could take that landing. Yeah, and like... I don't know how much reaction time they have when they're jumping like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we expecting too much? Yeah. But then also, I figure I always see these kinds of landings on, like, asphalt. And that's not very, like, natural territory. Maybe if they were landing in tall grass, it would soften the blow. I don't know. <laughs> Oh no, man! Because like when monkeys are jumping around, they know exactly where they're going. Or like squirrels, they got it all planned mm-hmm. out. Right, grasshoppers—they're just 
They're just flinging themselves around, yeah. not knowing what lies around the next corner. Yeah. I thought about another cat thing that I wanted to say real quick. Okay, we can circle back. Okay, yeah. So one of the behaviors I've noticed that is one of the funniest to me is sometimes... So Noelle largely avoids me and just naps in Sydney's room. Mm-hmm. But she'll come sprinting out of the bedroom. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that behavior. She'll sprint out of the bedroom, stop, and then like look around. For a little bit, like pitter patter, and then sprint mm-hmm. back in. Very interesting. And I'm like, I do think she's enjoying the bigger house. Yeah. So I thought that was curious behavior, and I thought it was really silly. And it kind of made me laugh. But then I kind of remembered I kind of get in like sprinty moods sometimes too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling, Jay? <laughs> like, well, no, like sprinty. Like in the morning after I've drank my coffee and like. <clears throat> breakfast is digested there's definitely an energy surge yeah and like i'll if i get up to go something there's a chance i'll like jump out of my chair and like run out of the room yeah do we do that no i know what you mean yeah yeah i feel like i feel like hotels actually are very conducive to a sprinty mood yeah because like if i need to do something if i have to go down to the front desk to like ask for soap Mm -hmm. i don't know um and i i step out in the hallway and i'm like I'm not walking this whole way. <laughs> and then you just you just sprint down the hallway. I feel like hotel hallways were like meant to be sprinted through. Yeah. I don't know. Because you're like, I need to get all the way down there. It's far, but it's not that far. And I could be there so much faster. Yeah. Hold on. Did you get a new watch part? I did, yes. <laughs> so you went I decided to get a dumb color so I'd be like you. Okay, nice. It, it's like a yellow-green. Yeah. No, that was a... That was a I don't t- think they sell black. What? I don't think they sell black. Yeah, they do. Or at least I, I had the option when I went. Okay, I, well... I remember making the game time decision. For, for all the listeners out there, it's like... There's the little silicone ring that holds a watch band to the rest of the watch. It's called a band keeper. Yeah. And I thought that it was, like, I broke that, and I was just like, well, I need to replace the whole band now. Like, there's no going back. But then I look on Garmin's website, and they sell just band keepers. Yeah, $3. Because they know it's garbage equipment, and that you're going to need another I think one. You get two, I think you get two for, like, three fifty. Really? It's free shipping. Yeah. I only got one. But oh, mine came with two. If you want to switch to yellowish green. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking about that, because when I got this, I thought I was just being, like, cool you know getting a different color Mm because i got white rather than matching my black watch but then you immediately got the same watch and i was like this is a great decision yeah because now we can tell them apart yeah but with that we okay one thing about the podcast is Mm -hmm. we never can hang up phone calls so what's the protocol yeah i do we set like a hard time limit or I think that's one of the virtues of having our picked topics and then then a soft time with it. Okay. And this, then, sound, this sounds like a post-podcast discussion. I think we should end it here. Okay, but what's our like outro? Do you have that plan too? No. I figured you could just riff. Oh, geez, like scat sing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. Give it a bop, 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 b